What up, what up, what up? This is the Urban Hubby, and welcome to the Sagacity Podcast, where my guests and I share wisdom, insight, and experiences from a Black Generation X perspective. In this episode, the topic of discussion is manhood and fatherhood. And our guest today, you may know him as Brother Noomsie from The Golden Child, <laughs> my brother, Mark Harris. Welcome well, to the podcast, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, man. It's been a long time coming, but I'm happy to be here. Man, yeah, that's been a long time coming. It's been a fun, fun last two months <laughs> for both of us. But I think it, it, it adds fuel to this conversation. Um, because there is a balance between manhood and fatherhood that we want to unpack and um, make sure there's some clarity on and also relate that back to how us being in the range of uh, 40 minus 40 plus. Uh, <laughs> Why you had to add the plus? <laughs> You know, I'm still, I'm still closer to 40 than, than most. So, can I just can I just keep that under 45? Thank you. Like the, the demographic shift is a bitch. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, man. So, uh, let's start probably just share a little bit about yourself, and then I'll share how you know how we came to be uh, connected, and then we'll just jump right into these topics. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, Man, uh, this is one of the things that I've always kind of struggled with. Um, I think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. They struggle with um, identifying, like speaking up for, like who they are, what they want to be. I know what I want to be, um, but sometimes that doesn't always match with um, how others perceive it. Anyway, um, I don't know. I am a um, married, uh, two kids, um, one kid. Otis is kind of doing his own thing right now, which causes a lot of doubt. But um, 12 year old, it's where he's grown on 21. Uh, been married for uh, nearly two decades now. Mm -hmm. um, love my wife. Um, she doesn't always like me, but I love her <laughs> all the time. Um, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for that, but um, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm a actually two careers in my lifetime in the 40 plus years I've been here. Uh, started out initially in construction management. That didn't work out. I was forced to participate in the recession. Or in other words, I was the only <laughs> black man in the office and they had to cut somebody to go when Barack got elected. So, uh -huh. um, <laughs> uh, wow. change career. Like, like, dude, that really just, sorry, I know you, you said intro. So anyway, um, so, uh, then I switched careers and found out, found my passion, found what I truly love, which is um, talking with people and helping them to solve life problems. Um, I'm a licensed, independently licensed professional counselor. I am, I consider myself a unicorn. I know Tiffany Haddish says that she's the last black unicorn. Um, I beg to differ because, hell, I am a black uni unicorn. <laughs> uh, first, I'm a male in a... Um, female-dominated industry. Mm -hmm. uh, second, I'm a black male, which a professional black male. Um, there's not too many of me. When I see others uh, who look like me, uh, man, it's it's a beautiful thing, um, mm -hmm. which is, excuse me, which is kind of one of, it's also kind of one of the sad things, because when I, and then I know I'm going off script, but. Um, oh, there's no script. Okay. Just, just so the folks know, this is gonna be one take. This is unscripted. 
we both wholeheartedly agree that there's not enough honest, open conversation between two black men that have a healthy appreciation for each other and uh, the ups and the downs have been there for each other uh, in high times and in low and have a huge sense of sarcasm and comedy. <laughs> so this is going to be as unscripted as it can get. Hide your kids. You may want to pray over this podcast <laughs> because we're going to get down to it unapologetically. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so just finishing that thought, it's like when I see other black males in this industry, mm-hmm. um, I swear it's like I, it's like we have the plague and like we repel one another. Uh-huh. And, it's, and it's really sad because, you know, yeah, the whole toxic masculinity thing that's going on right now, like we need that connection, you know, or at least I do. I can't speak for nobody else because mm-hmm. um, I wholeheartedly believe uh, in the in the scripture, it says we're two men are together, or when iron sharpens iron. In other words, when two men are together, we wholeheartedly will um, will improve and make each other better. And uh, when I see other black male professionals, counselors, and they run from me, like it's it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because um, hell, I can't do this by myself. I'm I am in a white female dominated industry. It's a whole lot of stuff I cannot say because I might offend their sensibilities. Um, and sensitivities. And sensitivities. Warranted and unwarranted. Mostly unwarranted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I mean, we've known each other, and I know you said you were going to get into that, but we've known each other for on there over a decade. Seriously, yeah. And then um, I think you would, I'm one of the most, I believe, if I can say this about myself, one of the, um, not breaking my arm, but sensitive warm-hearted, kind, generous people that you'll ever meet. But for whatever reason, you know, they don't take the time. Like, they just, all they see is my skin. All they see is a big black man. Big, you know, and, you know, as a man, black man, big black man pushing 400, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Big black man is one way to put it. Yeah, we we definitely have a presence about us. I think it's more royal than, um, than anything else. And... We know it's intimidating. We can't do anything about it, though. And I think we're at a point, we're not trying to do anything about it. You're going to deal with all of this regalness uh, however you choose to, but this train has left the station, and we're still pushing forward. That's true. But, and the thing is, I don't, we didn't create this. No. And that's, that's the really fucked up part about it. It is. Because um, we, like, we didn't create this. It was forced upon us. Well, like, like, how deep you want to go? How, how much? How, how, <laughs> way, how far back in the time machine, time machine do you want to go? How much? How many hours do we have? Right. You know, <laughs> we may need to break this up into five episodes. But, so, but yeah, I mean, but it's it, you know, it's the their, their fragility. You know, they're like, but who? Like, I'm sorry, I love my wife, and even before that, like, I love black women. And because they're, Sincerely. and you know, there's just something about them that, you know, that that cannot be replicated. Nope. So why would I chase after you? Many try. Because I mean, you just you just don't got it. If I can't be understood, at the end of the day, a day of being misunderstood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only 
person I know can understand me is is my wife, who is a black woman, um, from Chicago. Southside. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, she 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 understands the the challenges. We have very healthy conversations about uh, what professionalism is in the workplace, the myths and the realities. Mm. Um, the frustrations around code switching, having to, in some places, in some cases, really put myself in a position where I have to appear non-threatening, and people don't really get how unbearably insulting it is to have to adjust yourself, who I'm already non-threatening, mm-hmm. to now find a creative way <laughs> to be more non-threatening yes. just to satisfy someone else's fucked up reality or perception of who I am. Yes, I do have broad shoulders. Yes, I do have a deep voice. Yes, I am pretty direct in my conversation. I'm from New York. You know, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I try to be... I try to pad my my perspective. You know, what's a sandwich method? Yeah. Say something nice and get to the point and say something nice again. And eh, fuck exhausting. all that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired, man. <laughs> Look, you can be you can focus on how I'm saying it, or you can get what I'm saying and move the fuck on. You know. But the thing is they don't want to. I, mean, I, I don't know, but it's, it seems to me like sometimes like they don't want to. To hear the words that you're saying because yeah. they're and, and they're so they're looking for a defense. Yeah. I have literally said, you know, it's a really beautiful day outside. And had that taken as offensive. How? And I'm like, I literally smiled and said, it's a nice day outside. And you're cringing. At that point in my professional career, I made it a point, I'm not playing this game anymore. Mm. Now, has that led to some uh, professional challenges? Absolutely. But I'd rather face those challenges being authentic to myself than to try to play into a, a, you know, a a role and a perspective. False narrative. uh, A false narrative of myself and think I'm going to look at myself with any measure of pride in the mirror. Let me ask you this, though. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt your flow, but have you found that it's by when you took off the 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 false the falsehood, stopped playing into that false narrative, that your day became a hell of a lot calmer, easier? If I would have done it sooner, I would still have hair, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it all the way 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it is stressful mm-hmm. as a black man, as a black woman, as any individual of color, non-white, if you will, to excel as themselves yes. in a professional space. And that is unbearably stressful. Now, you're talking to someone, I had a heart attack when I was 21. Youngest to walk in and out of that hospital, the youngest to walk out with a heart attack. Mm. And 
at that point in my life, I pretty much got on fuck it mode, but it was an immature fuck it mode. It was, no one can tell me shit. I ain't dealing with nobody. Da 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 da. And my income reflected it. (laughs) My relationships reflected it. Yeah. And, you know, for what it's worth, social status reflected it. Thank God we didn't have social media beyond Black Planet back then. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. I would have been scarred for life. Bro, you went way back. Yeah, man. I can go all the way back to chat lines, man. The Bronx Raven, the Brooklyn Mall. Like, wow. I, I, and I still have friends to this day that I met off of those chat lines because it was authentic. There was nothing to hide behind. There were no filters. It was you, your voice, and your wit, and you either came with it and had flowing dope conversation, like I vibe with you, you right. vibe with me, versus, oh, wow, look at this profile picture. Dang, that brother, you know, he's got a shirt and tie and, you know, suit is popping, <laughs> got the dope timepiece, shoes is awesome. Like, you can curate a fabulous look online. Most of. And for a lot of people in this day and age, it's left online. Because when you meet people in real life. It's the angel food cake. Oh, wow. They are like their the presentation <laughs> is beautiful and it looks delicious. It tastes like shit. And, and it's full of full of air. <laughs> full of air. So and and, and yep. I think that's one of the what's interesting that you mentioned, like everybody is authentic. And I think that's where social media has gone left, right, I don't know what you want to call it, mm-hmm. but down the rabbit hole, where there is a certain genuineness that comes from social media. But people become, they, they, they've become, they, they, they tend towards their base nature. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer productive. And it's, because, yeah, you can keep, you can be real and, and, and like you were raw when you're 20s, whatever. Mm-hmm. I get that. But there was still a level of civility. Absolutely. And civility has left social media. And I think the real problem is, the trolls, they, they realize that, hey, I can be a troll and people have to listen to me or scroll past, which mm-hmm. I do. Man, I do so much swiping. It's not even funny. But the trolls, they woke up and they're like, oh, I can be in this space. And then now they found the other trolls. And now we've got this troll horde army. Like, we got <laughs> World of Warcraft coming for us. And, you know, and the, and the thing is, people in real time, you see them face to face. They ain't got nothing to say. Jack. Like, what was all that shit you was popping online, Blair? So, I've approached some cats on social media. Um, I don't, you know me. I'm not with the shits, man. Mm-hmm. My patience is real thin for the fuckery. Thank you to my West Indian parents, Trinidad and Tobago, Labre. Big up! So, that mixed with that. You know, New York ice and cold, similar mm. to the Chicago <laughs> ice and cold. My patience is real thin for foolishness, man. Yeah. So I've had a couple folks over the years that want to snap off in comments. I'm like, you do realize I know where you live. <laughs> and you do realize right I know where you work. Right. You know, I'm, I'll show up and, you know, ask paper or plastic and have nothing in my cart just so we can have a conversation. <laughs> Broke-ass mother. No, but, hey. You know, but, you know, I, I have no problem addressing things head on, especially, you know, when it comes to a space of social media because my patience is short. 
you, you're not going to, and I wasn't always like that. Mm -hmm. I grew up, I had a lot of jokes as a kid growing up because that's how I avoided fights. Most of Who was it? I was tried, it Chris, was it Chris Rock or? Yeah, more than likely Chris Rock. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, was it, I think it was Richard Pryor. Because he, he got arrested and he told jokes in jail to get, keep him getting his ass whooped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it worked. Yeah. I'm not much of a fighter. You know, I don't have the patience Definitely to get sweaty and fight. I'll, I'll probably shoot. I might run you over. You know, I might throw something. I'm not trying to physically exert myself to show that we're, we're, we're tough. You know, I've known a lot of cats. You can bench 300 pounds. Yeah, but you can't stop a bullet. No, so that's true. my patience is short. Yeah. For social media. Now, I actually got off of Instagram. I got off of Facebook completely years ago. Uh, that was just That's why I can't find it. Yeah. That, that, Facebook was a headache, man. Especially when you start getting accused for uh, notifications popping up. Who's that? How the fuck should I know? I don't know. It's hard. I'm not following. <laughs> I was like, I remember I was, you know, in, we're in Atlanta. Yeah. Married. At the time, and I went to Lowe's mm. um, with my boy Jay Henry, and he was doing a show there. And the photographer caught a picture of me through the crowd, laughing, like genuinely laughing. You know, it's a really dope shot. I really like it. That photo, I had never had over like 50 likes on anything. Like, I'm yeah. just not that dude. Yeah, I don't care about you know how many followers you got and all that stuff. Most of my stuff is either funny shit or family stuff. That that's it. Yeah. So that particular picture had thousands of likes, mad comments, which also led to mad DMs. Mm. And phone is going DMs off. Are the devil. Yeah. 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 Another conversation. Yeah. You know, shit is just going, going, going. Who are all these bitches messaging you? What? I literally do not know. Yep. You're more than welcome to respond. <laughs> like, handle your business. Here's the phone. Go for it. I don't know. Yeah. You don't know any of them. I was like, you really think I'm out here and I know 2,000 motherfuckers? <laughs> That's too many people to keep up with. Yeah, man. Ah, like, uh, you are enough. Yeah. One woman is more than enough for a wise man to deal with. I still don't know how Solomon did it. It was a different time. True. He didn't have all the distractions. <laughs> and he didn't have social media. Anyway. And he didn't have the work. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was his work. <laughs> Him and Genghis Khan. Hey, um, but no, but seriously, like how many times have you seen like these memes on, like I'm still on Facebook, mm -hmm. um, but I've seen these memes where it's like, um, oh, the bird box challenge, you know, it's, it's like, you know, uh, your girl got your phone and that, you know, they're lifting yeah. up the thing. And I'm like, if you ain't doing dirt, like you ain't got nothing to worry about. Pretty much. Like why complicate your life? The, I, that's one thing I never understood. What? Yeah. Yeah. Never cheated. Well, never messed around. When I was married. Yeah. Married. 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 
There's yeah. a caveat. There's an yeah. exception. Let's be clear. Um, everything, <laughs> everything, uh, everything before marriage. Um, you know, that's that's a that's you know, like, just like BC separates the uh, the timeline. AD, AD, yeah. Hey, what's what about? We got to be clear because we don't want no DMs. Right. No. <laughs> like, well, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We covered a lot real quick in the, in in the, in the shotgun conversation. Mm-hmm. I want to relate a lot of it back to the mindset and emotional differences between being single, engaged, and being a husband. Hmm. And then somewhere in there, we, we wanna uh, touch on toxic masculinity as well. Um, in your opinion, what are the key differences between a man, his mindset and his emotional state Moving from being single to engaged and being a husband. Well, I think I think you hit right on it. Like I know you said we'll touch on the toxic masculinity as we you know we'll work it in there. But hell, I think that's where it, it starts. Okay. Because I mean I don't know about you, but growing up you know growing up on the south side of Chicago um, and you know being transplanted between Chicago and Atlanta, all my Oof. uncles and and things like that. It was like oh how many girls you got? You know um, mm. it was it was a, what's your body count? You know, it was about it was about conquering um, women, mm-hmm. and if that I mean, if just that phrase alone, that mindset, that mentality of conquering women doesn't say doesn't speak to toxic masculinity. I don't know what does, you know, because um, so that's kind of how where it starts, where you know you are you are out there getting your numbers up to to prove a point so that you can, you know, the more the higher your number is, the more alpha you are in your in your group. So from a from a single per, single man's perspective, yeah, to, there is toxic masculinity and and because it's it's not about equality. Mm-hmm. And and I think that at the heart of, of uh, toxic because nothing wrong with masculinity. Let me just let me say that straight out of the gate. There is something to be said about being a man. Um you know, it's not about the size of your jump. It's not about the body count when it mm-hmm. comes to being masculine. Because, and it, it, hell, it didn't even have anything to do with swinging a hammer. Sure. Right? It's about, it's about knowing and being comfortable with who you are. Being a provider. Um, and, 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 I, and, and see, that's where, like right now, as I'm thinking through this whole thing, that's where the toxic masculinity, when it, masculinity becomes toxic, in my opinion, when it starts to, um, it, where there's no space for equality, hmm. you know, because, you know, we, we started this podcast, we started the conversation expressing how much we love our women, how much we love black women, especially. So if, as a male, there's no space for my partner for, and this is where we kind of make that transition from singlehood to and being engaged to, and then being married. If there's no space for the woman that I say that I love and I respect as an equal, my mm-hmm. help meet, mm-hmm. then how is that healthy? There is no health in that. So, um, so yeah, toxic. So I, being engaged, being, I'm sorry, being single, you know, there, there, was, there were no rules. It was, you know, I'm just going to go out here, wild out, and just, I play like this. Um, 
God, I hope my wife isn't listening to this. But um, hi, Octavian. See, why you gotta put it? Out? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I'm not sure if I ever shared this with her, but you know, I am a member of the Divine Nine. Um, uh, shout out to Five Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, Blue Fight. Um, there was I, I made it a goal to in a mission to make my way around the uh, Black Greek sororities, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I let's just say that I accomplished my mission. So, but how is that? Like I look back on it now, like the things that I did and the lies that I told, the the damage that I did, and mm. I may be giving myself too much credit, but you know they probably moved on with their life. But at the time, it was still what it was at the time. Yeah, and the, you know we are seeing, uh, particularly in this day and age, sins of your past will catch up. How you dealt with people yes. before you were, you know, while you were single, how you dealt with women while you were engaged, how you dealt with your wife or wives when you were married. Yeah. It will catch up with you. You will have to address <laughs> these things. You know, I think a lot of us are, I, I don't even know if we could, if we could say that, you know, anybody's necessarily dodged a bullet because the reality is the only thing that is keeping some people from being found is that they're not running for public office they're not on tv (laughs) they're they're you know they're they're not in the public light they don't use their real name in their social media handle you know or they're not on social media at all they're not a creative they don't have a youtube channel You've got somebody right now that is feverishly looking for somebody to let them know how badly they hurt them. Yeah, yeah. That individual that they're looking for may not even know yeah. that they hurt somebody 15, 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago. But this person has been walking around carrying that hurt, and you can't dismiss it. I think for, for a black men, any man that um, realizes or has been faced with the fact that they have had toxic masculine behavior at any age, mm-hmm. you got to reconcile that shit with yourself. You have to accept the fact, yes, I did. I am West Indian. I will go to a fet. I danced on, on women. I, we had some crazy stuff dancing on top of speakers. <laughs> you can say it's the culture, mm-hmm. the West Indian culture. But if one woman shows up and says, you know what? I really felt that that was inappropriate. I felt that was, you know, over the line. I felt it. It's not any man's place to dismiss that as cultural, mm. as, oh, you know, is this, you know, I was 20, you know, I didn't know no better. Fuck you did. Yes, you did. Own it. Yeah. This person is hurting. This woman is hurting and is bringing it to your attention. Honor that. And I think respect that. that. Yeah. And, you know, acknowledge it. Yeah. You, 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 you have to because it's real. 
No matter how you feel about it as a man, don't continue to be a dick. <laughs> and, go, and, you know, and then, you know, well, you know, dismiss it. No, it's real. Accept it. Ask, how can I make this right? Apologize. Yeah. You know, over the years, I've reached out to, you know, some women over the years. When you have that epiphany moment, unfortunately for men, some of those moments has come too late for us. And you're like, you know what? I have to apologize to you. Mm-hmm. I did not treat you as good as I should have or anywhere near as good as you treated me. And I understand why that relationship was so short because you simply weren't with the shit and weren't dealing with the patients. And I didn't know how to handle it. And I lashed out. Yeah. I apologized for my behavior at that point in my life. And I'm sorry it took so long for me to get to it. That's almost verbatim um, conversation that I had um, many years ago. Because you have to accept and acknowledge what you did. That's manhood to me. There you go. And and it's interesting that you point that out because one of the things that with, especially what's going on right now with the whole Me Too movement, and I Mm -hmm. think there was a a comedian um, who, on the surface, and and there were people who um, interacted with him, women were like, no, no, because he he got hit with a hashtag. I can't remember the comedian's name. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, but anyway, after kind of delving into it, they they kind of dug into it. One of the things that really hit home for me was the uh, the whole pressuring women to for intercourse for sex. Yeah, and it was women consented because it was easier to consent than to deal with the relentless onslaught mm-hmm. of trying to increase the body count. Now, how fucked up is that? Right? She'd rather. She'd rather fuck you. Yes. Your your musty balls. <laughs> your bad that, breath. Yes. Your poor sense of style. On your mattress with no box spring or bed frame. Yeah. In your in your mama's basement. She'd rather she'd rather give it to you. Right. Than to deal than with to deal with you whining. harassing. No, let's call whining. It. Yeah, it, it was whining. Complaining. Banging. Bitching. Yes. That, let's make that very clear. That is not manhood. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely toxic because, I mean, she's, you know, in her mind, it, it's right. It wasn't consent. No. So, and, and I teach my, I've got two boys, like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And I am now... It's like, it's like, you know, we have two-factor authentication now. <laughs> so now I teach them, there, you know, it's not just consent. It is, um, oh, God, it, right, it would escape me, like, right when I'm, I've built it up. And then it's like, and I can't get it now. Um, but it is, it is um, affirmative consent, mm-hmm. where it is a straight-up question, hey, this is what I'd like to do. Are you cool with this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's none of that. You know, she just lays, or or they just, they're just there. You know, um, it's affirmative consent because mm-hmm. it, if she, if there's any no, any hesitation at all, you need to back the hell up. Yep. 
you need to back the hell up because I, I'm not looking at it this way. When we talk about masculinity, if, if, you know, you got two young bucks, you know, going at it. If one of them doesn't blink, guess what? It's on. Mm-hmm. So if you apply that same mentality, if you are lined up, so to speak, and if she's not saying yes, then you need to back the hell up because there's no, it's not on. It's not on and popping. It's no. just, it is, and, and it's like, think about it. As married men, you know, kind of making that transition. I told my oldest son, um, I shared with him when he was preteen, um, some of the things uh, from my from my experience. Mm-hmm. And I told him flat out, I was like, married sex is a hell of a lot better than single sex. Bruh, it's 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 mm-hmm. different. The, the level of commitment, the level of intimacy, the the heart connection, yeah, is there, and it's it's like on ten compared to sing, single person sex, where it's just, you just fucking the fuck and to to have an orgasm. That's to come. it. That's it. Whereas when you are truly in a partnership, mm-hmm. and, it's a bomb. and she and like she's getting her like honestly, when she gets hers. And it's like, and, and that moment where it's just like, you know that she's getting hers. And yeah, there is. If you like, got to ask, brothers, you ain't working hard enough. Right. I know, you know. You ain't connected deep enough. Not at all. And so, and I told him, I was like, it's just, you know, in that moment, married sex is, is so much better. And, and I. True indeed. And I was trying to encourage him to wait. You know, he didn't, but that's another story. Um. But, bruh, I'm telling you, that right there, that connection, that equality mm-hmm. is, there's, is so, like, you, and, and I don't know about you, but I feel like you can't get that level of intimacy without the commitment. I know people talk about, oh, marriage is just, it's just a piece of paper. Bullshit. True marriage. <laughs> true marriage doesn't require you going down to the justice of the peace. When no. you have made that commitment, that lifelong commitment in front of witnesses. Mm-hmm. Witnesses bring accountability. Yep. See, we could we can go deep in and unpack that. Uh, my wife and I, we, we had that conversation when we got uh, married coming up six years in June. Yeah, it was, correct. thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It was, why the hell do we need to pay a license fee to get married? It's not about the license. Why do we have to sign paperwork to be legally married in in this country. This isn't, you know, for one nation under God, we sure do a lot of godless things. You know, See, it's, old, yeah, old. yeah, yeah, that's, that's another. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we did it. Uh, it, it. Marriage is what you make it, and marriage is yours and yours alone. Mm. And it takes work. It takes work. You will have periods of times where you probably just don't like each other. <laughs> You're going to have periods of time where you can't keep your hands off each other. Mm. There's going to be periods of time where you're overjoyed. There's times where you're frustrated. There's times where you don't talk. Your back is turned to when you, uh, one another when you go to bed at night. Just because you ain't talking don't mean there's not uh, irritation or anger in the house. Right. You know? Yep. You just don't know what to say or you don't know how to say it because every time you say something, it comes out wrong or it's, mm-hmm. there's more focus on how it's said versus what you're actually saying. Uh, feelings get dismissed. There are times where you're fired on all 12 cylinders, where you wow. finish each other's sentence. Oh, yeah, I like V12s, man. Okay. Big motors, big motors and stick ships. 
bring back the manuals. Bring so back, yeah. yeah, you get to a place where a marriage is highs, lows, and everything in between. It is what you make it and how committed you are to your spouse's joy, mm. your spouse's peace, your spouse's sanity. The hope in getting married is that that person is going to look out for your interests yes. as much as you're looking out for theirs. Yes. It's called balance. When things get out of balance, someone doesn't feel like they're getting enough attention yeah. or appreciation or they're being taken for granted. Those are usually conversations that both men and women really aren't sure how to have because you don't want to upset or offend your spouse naturally. Mm -hmm. Because who wants to bring, it's like trying to tell somebody in a nice way that breath stinks. <laughs> or that, yeah. you know, you know, you, you can ask why. How, how many wives out there have told their husband, "Yo, your balls are really musty." Now, when it, now, <laughs> and, and, see, okay. and in the reverse, how many husbands have told their their wife, like, not many, no, no like, no, no. look, just, uh, just, come on now. Yeah, we having trouble just saying it right now. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, so it, it, you have so many different dynamics when it comes to a marriage. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, is are you committed? to seeing it through together, no matter what it happens to be. Excuse me. Excuse me. Releasing. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but, you, but you say something that reminds me of something that, um, as a Christian, my wife and I, we firmly believe. If you imagine, uh, because we, we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. So if you if you imagine an equilateral triangle, okay, mm -hmm. um, you're on, you know, you're at the bottom. Your wife is is beside you, and then as you are focused upon the top of that that triangle, mm -hmm. where, which is where Jesus Christ resides, you know, and just as you and your wife pursue Jesus Christ, because it's an equilateral triangle, you are naturally going to draw closer and closer together. When I think back to the times when my wife and I have had the most conflict, there have been, it was when we were not as connected or pursuing Jesus Christ. Hmm. Because we were drifting away from him, we were naturally drifting away from one another. And we can't, you know, it's a house divided. You know, we have to, we have to continue to pursue him and pursue one another at the same time. Mm -hmm. But if I'm only focused on pursuing her and forgetting him, I'm missing her heart, which is ultimately Jesus Christ. Um, I didn't mean to get, you know, super spiritual and you know, <laughs> I know it's a Sunday when I didn't want to take nobody to church, but, um, but yeah, it, it, but that's real because, and you know, for those who, you know, who may not believe in, who may not uh, be Christians, who might be listening to the podcast, the principle still applies mm -hmm. because there needs to be a higher purpose to your relationship, a sense of mission, a sense of direction, something that you two have decided and negotiated during your engagement phase mm -hmm. that you are 
hoping to achieve, whether it be raising children, whether it be um, taking over the world, you know, shout legacy, out. legacy, legacy, hey, legacy. Shout out. Everybody's mad at Jay-Z and Beyonce, but I'm sorry, like, they have a mission, they have a focus, and they are working together. We're going to reach a Billy first. <laughs> right? Um, so they have that shared mission and purpose, mm-hmm. and th- I believe that's why they were able to survive Becky with the good hair. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, because they they were able to recognize that, yeah, that was a distraction. We need to get back to our grind. We need mm-hmm. to focus on what our mission and what our purpose is. Yeah. And that's why, you know, yeah, let's just call the on the run tour what it was, what it is, which was Beyonce yanking on Jay's leash. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> hey, man, uh, you do the crime. <laughs> You can't complain about the consequences. Yeah. Whatever it, it, you cheat on your wife, you can't dictate how she handles it. Nope. You can't dictate your punishment. Ladies, you cheat on your husband, you can't, con, you can't dictate how he responds, how he reacts, or even how long he processes and deals with it. It's a it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of um, this is a a very deep disruption in peace. Mm. And you see a lot of memes of oh you know be his peace blah blah. You can't be anybody else's peace. Mm. What you can do is make sure you don't fucking disturb my peace. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to, I uh, used to mentor some some young men, and they used to ask, like, you know, what should I be to her in a relationship? Like, yo, be a compliment, not a complication. Ooh, plain say that and, again. Wait, say that be a compliment, not a complication. Damn, plain and simple. Yeah. Can is she gonna call you to go to the company event? Ooh, ooh. You can shoot your shot all you want, <laughs> but if you can't play in her world, yeah. don't bother chopping in the DMs. A lot of men, when you talk about toxic masculinity, it's not only about the things that men do, it's about the things that men don't do. They don't take inventory and stock of themselves. You've fallen into this myth and this belief that, hey, no one is outside of my range. I could bag anybody. <laughs> That's not true, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is not true. I have met women over the years like, yeah, I'm not even going to bother. A, I don't want to be in that type of world. There you go. High-powered attorneys, politicians, um, Music industry, I, I'm I'm a private person. I don't want that type of attention on me. Right. If I invest time with this and this woman, it's going to be a spotlight on me. Yes. Um. It, it, it's <laughs> what was that movie? Beyond the Lights. Uh, I think so. With she's a uh, Google and uh, it was kind of like um, and dude was a cop. Yeah, it, but Protect- you, know, you know it was just a, um, a remake of um, yeah Whitney and uh, what's mm-hmm. his name? You know, I can't think of the name of that one either. But the Bodyguard. Bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. it was just a remake. It, it, it is. You're gonna get that spotlight on you simply because you're spending time with this person. Right. You gotta, as a man, you gotta take stock and in inventory of yourself. 
Not everybody's built to be a Jay-Z to a Beyonce. Not everyone is built to be a Denzel to a Pauletta. Mm. Not everyone is built <laughs> to be a Barack to Michelle. Exactly. So, you know, people, and my wife and I, we, we talk about this a lot. Dudes were on edge. My God, I need to find me a Michelle in my life, man. I need a Michelle. I need a Michelle. Like, bro. You can't handle a Michelle. Bro, you ain't a Barack's nephew. Like, what are you talking about? Bro. So, you you don't have anything to bring to the table yeah. that would hint at you deserving a Michelle. Yeah, so that was one hell of an episode one, huh? Uh, we tried to keep it as candid and honest and real as we possibly could. With the understanding that some things we may have said will more than likely offends somebody listening to this but understand the heart of which is coming from we are two men two husbands two entrepreneurs that really want to make sure that our kids both sons and daughters have a better world and that our wives have a easier time in life particularly outside of the home um, so everything we say is in love everything we say is for the betterment of everyone. So hopefully it's taken in that spirit. And if not, you probably don't want to listen to episode two. So <laughs> episode two is available now. Go ahead, take a listen. We're gonna get into more of this topic of toxic masculinity and looking forward to sharing this with you. So episode two, Sagacity Podcast with Mark Harris.